Saturday morning uh, in the Champagne restaurant in Bromley and I'm with Zidane Mia uh, of Areo Vallecano um, from La Liga in Spain, a footballer with Bromley Roots. Welcome back to the Bromley Buzz podcast where you have been before. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, I will not be having you for very long because you're <laughs> off again aren't you? I am, I've been back for a fair while um, but yeah it's time to go back to Spain. Indeed and uh, well, it's actually part way through the season, so presumably you're rejoining to train with your side. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, the aim was to, to be ready um, for pre-season, but then obviously had a few hiccups and a few complications and ended up having to have another surgery, which um, wasn't by wasn't ideal by any means. But, um, you know, you're probably, this is how life goes sometimes. Yeah. Well, like I say, you're on your way and... Uh, so how long have you been out? Well, it's um, it's a complicated story. Um, so last time when I was with Zenith, I think uh, I explained everything. Um, but just for a quick rundown for anybody who didn't hear that interview, um, I ruptured my Achilles um, 29th of May, 2022. Um, horrific experience. Um, not a very pleasant experience. Um, not something I wish upon my worst enemy. Um, that's how um, horrible it was and um, so I ruptured it um, in Spain uh, I think it was second to last game um, of the 21-22 season um, with Rayo Vallecano um, had everything checked out in Spain and um, realised it was going to be a huge recovery um, and they were saying Around nine to twelve months, that's what they were expecting. Um, and to be honest, they weren't expecting me to play at any of the 22-23 season. Um, they compared me to, or they gave me the example of uh, Spinazzola, um, who had just ruptured uh, his Achilles the year before, um, and he did it in the Euros, and he didn't play a single game the next season. Um, so they said, look, that's sort of what we're looking at. It's the end of the season. It, there's no point in us rushing you back and trying to get you back in the season. Let's just sort of write next season off uh, the 22-23 season um, and be ready for 23-24. And I was devastated, um, Darren. It was it was it was so hard to take because um, at that point I felt um, like I was really doing well. I was um, getting into the Spanish culture and I was playing really well. Um, and I, I felt like I'd more or less settled down and um, I was getting into a rhythm of things and I had a good um, four or five months. Um, there was a period of, I think, five games where I scored four goals and had a few assists and I was doing really, really well. Um, and was just looking to finish the season strong. Um, and then obviously a bombshell like that comes and um, when you're least expecting it, um, that's, where, that's when I ruptured my Achilles. But, I'm a type of person, and I think we were mentioning it off air before, um, very optimistic. Um, I get that from my dad. Um, and uh, I always I always tried to find the positive in things. Um, so we had the scan and everything in Spain and decided um, that it would be best for me to come back to England um, just because my family's here. And with the rehab being so long and so rigorous, um, it wasn't the best to be by myself in Spain, although I could have people um, coming and going. We felt the environment in that sort of situation um, really dictates what's gonna happen. So if you've got 
um, loving, caring people around you. Um, it's very different to when you're alone in an apartment in the middle of Madrid by yourself. Um, and the first six weeks was literally in bed, almost doing nothing. Um, so the first two weeks was in a cast, then I was in a boot um, for another uh, four weeks, I think. And it was just, it was more protecting it. And um, because the Achilles doesn't have great blood flow, um, it was a huge risk of re-rupture. And they, they made it clear from day one, they said, if you re-rupture, rupture, very likely you're not going to play professional football again. Um, it's very unheard of. Um, for someone to rupture a rupture because they can't graft it from anywhere so if you do your ACL you can graft it from your quad or your hamstring or your calf or um, your patella but your Achilles there's nowhere else they can take from the body and put it into the Achilles so if something is ripped and you stitch it back together if you then go rip it again well there's already one tear in there and then there's going to be another one so the likelihood of you playing at that high level again and putting your body through that load again um, it's very unlikely. So that kind of scared the life out of me, um, I'll be honest. And um, I kind of, I took things easy, but me being me, I, I pushed things and um, within a safe barrier. And I actually got back to playing um, in January um, of this year, 2023. And um, that, that's when I did the interview with Zena just before mm. I went out to Spain. And um, yeah, everything was good. Uh, went back in January much earlier than what was expected and everybody asked the question of did you go back too soon because you've had subsequently two surgeries after that and I always say look at the time would I, would I have done anything different no um, because we we had tests and um, scans and everything done and everything was safe um, there was no risk and if there was any risk I wouldn't have taken it because you don't risk your career for playing an extra month or an extra two weeks or whatever it is unless you're playing in Champions League or World Cup final or something like that um, and even then you don't risk something like that um, so yeah it, at that point it was safe and um, even speaking with my rehab team now um, it was safe to do so and I'm, I'm glad I did um, what happened was in in January I got back so I played a few games um, everything was good everything was sort of getting back into the rhythm of things because when you're when you're out for so long um, it takes a while to, to get back into the swing of things so started playing again um, and January was fine February was fine come March time I started to have um, slight bit of pain in the Achilles um, where I'd ruptured it and it was actually I think it might have been the end of February actually. It was a game where I came on. I said I had limited minutes at the time. So I came on after half time and um, I'm playing, everything's fine. And um, I think about a couple of minutes in, someone's gone to shoot and I've gone to um, knock the ball away. I've got the ball, but he's cleaned straight through where I've had the operation. Uh, where I've, uh, right where the scar was. So instead of striking the ball, he's straight, sh straight through my um, the back of my leg. And it was agony, and it, I think it was maybe it might have been an ego thing, or um, maybe it was just the way I was feeling. I didn't want to come off. I've literally just come on after half time. Um, I was warming up as everybody was in the tunnel, so literally all eyes are on me, and I've come on, and um, I was feeling good in the first couple of minutes, and now because I've been kicked through the back of my leg, it was it was pure agony, um, and I don't know if it was adrenaline or 
something else, but I kept playing. I played for the rest of the game, we won, um, everything was fine. And then the next day, it was almost like I couldn't walk. Um, and they think or they don't know from that, uh, it might cause something within the Achilles or um, a slight micro tear within the Achilles. Um, but after that, I started having a lot of this burning type pain. Um, and I tried to play through it. I had scans done, um, had four injections done. Um, and because the left leg was in pain, subsequently I was compensating with the right leg. So whenever I'd jump, I'd land on the right leg, or whenever I'd um, take off, I'd take off on the right leg. So the right leg was taking a beating at this point. Um, and I actually, because I was overstressing it, I overstressed um, one of the ligaments in the Achilles. So I'd, by this point, by the beginning of April, um, both legs started to hurt. And it got to the point where I had, I think, um, I came back to England and I had four injections done, uh, two in each leg. and. Um, I trained after having the injections done and the first day was fine. The second day I had to take off again because it was just, it was too much pain. And um, I came back to England and uh, we decided along with Ravonakano that it would be best to have um, another operation and operate on both legs at the same time, which was an experience in itself to say the least. Um, so they did a, a bit of scar tissue clean up on the left and the right. They moved um, a small ligament that was causing me some pain. And at the time, we thought that was um, that was the best thing to do. And this was um, beginning of May now, um, May 2023. So we had written the season off, and we said, "Look, I'll be ready for preseason." And they gave me they gave me 12 weeks, and the rehab team said I needed about eight to recover. So we took things a little bit slow because we had, we had four weeks in hand. Um, and during the rehab, the right leg was perfectly fine. Um, the left leg, once I started getting up and moving again uh, around beginning of June now, about four weeks in, um, that pain was coming back. We tried different things. We tried resting it. We tried um, more exercise, strengthening it. Uh, we tried another injection um, and nothing was working. And then uh, we ended up having some more scans done and we realized there was a deeper problem within the tendon. Um, so what happened was there's a ligament called the plantaris, which is right next to the Achilles. And it actually fused itself into the Achilles and they moved separate from each other. So where it fused in, the Achilles was trying to move independently and the plantaris was trying to move independently. But because they would fuse together, it was tugging at it. So every step, every run, every, um, even when I was walking, it was just causing this immensely bad burning pain. And it, it was not nice. Um, it, was, it was really, really horrible. Um, and then after that, they realized that they have to do a really deep um, operation, um, really deep into the tendon. And this was um, end of July now. Um, so we had the operation beginning of August. And they said, it will be, um, from that operation they said it will be six months. And to say that my world collapsed um, is an understatement because for the original rupture I didn't even have, I had six and a half months for the original rupture. But to tell, be told again over a year later it's going to be another six months. Um, it, was, it was really tough to take um, and there's other things going on in my life as well at the time. Um, both my grandparents were ill and they were in hospital. Um, and 
it just it wasn't something I was expecting to hear because in, in my mind um, I had prepared that I was going to go back beginning of August then to be told beginning of August oh you're going to have another operation it's going to be another six months it's not something I wanted to hear to say the least but it's done <laughs> it is it is and uh, so when you go go back um, it's back into training as I said earlier on presumably yep absolutely uh, so you'll be pulling on the Rayo kind of kit yep and not just gym gear absolutely that will, that's going to feel good it will it will um, and um, look they got obviously they got new players and players come and they go and I think a, a couple of my best friends that were there they're, they're no longer there and um, it'll be nice to, to be out there with the boys and um, see a few new faces and be on be on the field and I think one of my physios mentioned the other the other day um, they said you'll get that sensation back when you touch grass mm. and when you touch grass you get all those feelings coming back and where it's just been in the gym, in the gym, in the gym all the last six months. When you put the boots on, you touch the grass, then you get all those feelings, they all come rushing back. You're talking about things which are in the minds of many footballers at one stage or another of their career. Mm -hmm. And uh, Zena, who you mentioned earlier on, um, and I founded a campaign called Let's Talk Better, which is around better and more open conversations on things. Mm -hmm. And I, I suspect that um, there will be people in football out there who don't like talking about some of this stuff mm. and will actually be quite pleased about hearing it. Uh, as for me, though, mm. I hope that your current level of medical expertise declines rapidly <laughs> and you no longer need to be acquainted with it quite so yeah, regularly. Thank you. Uh, you may well become possibly the most expert piece of people at advanced warm-ups in the <laughs> entire squad at Real Baracano. I made that joke with the, with the surgeon the other day. I, had, um, he, I was there to, for him to give me RTC clearance, uh, return to competition clearance. And um, he was talking, he was giving me all the medical terminology and I'm, I was giving it back to him mm. like I'm some sort of expert. And he's like, oh, you know what, with the amount of um, appointments and things you know about the Achilles, you could become a specialist. Um, because I know everything about I know the physiology, um, physiology behind it and um, how the tendon works and how it's strengthened and so many different things. Um, and it's only learned by, okay, this is the problem, this is how we're going to fix it and this is the problem that you have and this is how we're going to fix it and going through rehab and um, being in it for so long you pick up things mm. well there's a lot of um, very positive role models out there mm -hmm. uh, although the, one of them is in tennis in the shape of Andy Murray mm -hmm. uh, because we are in an era where things can be fixed that wouldn't have been mm -hmm. uh, before as well and uh, I'm not sure about his medical side but I was always inspired by uh, the Cameroon player Roger Mia. I don't know if you've ever come across him, but he's got a load of goals in World Cup finals. Oh. And uh, nobody could ever work out what his age was. I think it was claimed like, when he was playing in the World Cup finals, he was uh, like 41 or something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. so, coming back, of course, a reason why we're speaking today is you come from Bromley Roots. I do. Uh, we're I sitting do. in your dad's restaurant, mm -hmm. or one of them actually, rather than both of them. Mm -hmm. And um, you're in Bromley football clubs uh, books for a period as well mm -hmm. so uh, I lived out in the States came back in 2019 signed mm -hmm. for for Bromley um, and uh, not that it was the best of things six weeks after signing um, 
in a someone came to tackle me from behind um, in training and I tore my meniscus so it wasn't the best of things and um, I was out for I think four or five months at that point and it was just one of those freak things that it, it happens in training sometimes um, it's just one of those freak tackles and I unfortunately um, tore my meniscus and the, the weekend that I was supposed to come back and play um, they introduced a lockdown so I didn't actually get to get to play with them um, but I was in training with them and um, every time I've been back I've always been down to Bromley Football Club um, great football club I've only got good things to say about them um, and then after the whole COVID-19 thing um, and the lockdown um, I didn't what a lot of players contracts were up in the air and I didn't end up re-signing with them um, but like I said I've only got good things to say about them um, the the management staff that was there at the time they're absolutely brilliant um, even the way they handled COVID-19 um, in terms of with all the players was really good um, so oh, yeah I've only got good things to say about them well, I'm, they're doing pretty well again at the moment mm -hmm. um, under their manager Andy Woodman who we've interviewed before lovely man mm -hmm. as well uh, and one of the things we picked up along the way is the short term nature of contracts in non-league football yep. as well which it's is surprising nine months one year that yeah. kind of thing it makes you wonder how a manager can even work with that level of yeah. planning ability well I mean hopefully for for their sake as well they've been pushing for the football league for quite a long time and they're always in and around the playoffs um, and every year it's like either they get to the playoffs and then they don't go through or they just miss out on the playoffs so I really hope they they go up in the football league and I mean I think it would uplift the whole area as well um, just because I think Bromley, Bromley Football Club is a big highlight of the area and I think if they were a football league club I mean everything changes for them um, so if they did go on and push on and go up to league I think it, it would change massively mm. um, by the way just going back what got you into football in the first place what got me into football that's, um, that's a good question um, so when I was young uh, around four or five I didn't actually like football I didn't enjoy it um, I remember my dad used to take me to the pitch and I used to come back like come home crying um, and that's no joke you can ask him um, <laughs> so that was around four or five and then I think uh, when I was about six or seven uh, well I, when I was six my dad was playing semi-professional at the time um, and then I started going to his football matches and started kicking the ball on the sideline and um, I kind of got the knack for it then um, and then I, s I actually started at the David Beckham Academy um, on my seventh birthday uh, and that's when I started playing organised football and then I, th I think it just all took off from there. Oh, you actually found the enjoyment at that point then? Yeah I did, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose it's a different thing running around with the football as opposed to um, just watching. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And uh, right, well we've gone backwards, I'm to go forwards now. Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought about management? Oh, management. Um, I'm only 22, Darren. What are you doing? I know, I know. Um, management, look, um, I think it's, it's a tough one um, because I've seen managers and like they come into a job and by the end of it, they lost all their hair. So it's a very stressful job and I think the players don't help because if I'm not in the squad, I want to know why and I want to be given a reason, especially if I'm putting everything into training. Um, and then that's just someone who's doing 
um, the bare minimum. Then you've got other instances like, for example, the Jaden Sancho situation at Manchester United. Um, and I don't know what's going on there, so I'm not going to comment or say what's wrong or what's right. But that's just something that the manager's got, got to deal with. Um, so, and I think managers nowadays, um, they're not just managing the players, they're managing everything within the football club. So they're managing the academy, they're overlooking um, how the, the club is in terms of their uh, overall image. So it's not just how it was back in the day, you just manage a group of players. I think it's more than that now. Um, and the in Spain, they're very tactical. Um, a lot more, it's a lot more tactical football than what the, I found here in England and what I, what I played with in America. So they'll hammer into you um, the whole week, the, the tactics that we're gonna play and what we're gonna do. And if you go against that, I mean, they have a right go at you and it is embarrassing. They'll stop you in the middle of the pitch and they'll give you the hairdryer. Um, so they go into all the fine details. And to be honest, while I do enjoy that, I enjoy playing more. Um, and I don't know, maybe by the end of my career, I might just have too much time on the grass where I just think, no, you know, I don't want to do that. And maybe go into something else within football. But it, it is an option. And a lot of players say that they're going to go into management and then by the end of their career, they end up, not doing it and it's not always a guarantee if you're a good player you're going to be a good manager because there's so many other factors there's been so many managers where there were half decent players or not great players and they end up being much better managers and there's players that go the other way that were great players end up being terrible managers so for me I think it's too soon um, but it's out there it's out there um, and I will do my coaching badges at some point um, and have it just on going on in the background um, but right now probably not well you do have a precedent here yeah we started out well football didn't think much of that mm, <laughs> coaching and managing don't think much about either uh, well, we'll, see, we'll see maybe ask me in 10 years I look forward to it now then um, one final thing you were talking about uh, having got into the culture in Spain mm -hmm. and enjoying that is there anything outside of the football that you're particularly looking forward to experiencing again? Maybe the sun. Um, oh, I can, well, can sympathise with that one. <laughs> the weather in Spain is really nice. Um, it's beautiful out there. Uh, but look, the Spanish culture is really relaxed. Um, yes, it has this hustle and bustle. Um, but everything, it just seems like everybody's just more relaxed and everything's more chilled out, um, which the Spanish are known for. Um, in terms of looking back, look, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back to Royal Vallecano. Uh, I've been itching to get back for for quite a long time, and even when it was uh, decided in April um, that I would end my season prematurely, part of me didn't want to do it. Even though I was going through so much pain, I was just thinking, you know, get through to end the season. What is it? Six weeks, and can I take that pain for six weeks? And it, it got to the point where I couldn't even walk. So that was that was never an option, um, just because it was. It's one thing to affect you on the pitch and it's another thing to affect you in your day-to-day -day life. Um, and it was it was making me miserable. You speak to anybody around me, they'll tell you I was miserable as anything. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to training. I'm looking forward to getting back into that environment um, and being back with the boys and, like I said, touch grass and um, seeing how everything feels. Obviously, there's gonna be rust, uh, rustiness there, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back and putting the boots on and getting back on the pitch more than anything.
And uh, for people who want to uh, follow your progress alongside looking at how Rayo Vallecano are doing, mm-hmm. uh, what social media are you on? Uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. Those are the two main ones. Um, so yeah, they're both Zidane Mir, um, and they're both verified, so you should be able to find it. Okay, well, in my latest gesture, which is not really suitable for radio and podcasting, I'm reaching out and shaking your hand. <laughs> Thank uh, you very Good luck Dale. for the immediate and further on future. Thank you. Thank you for having me.